So we're getting, we're making out, and you know, I'm like, I'm happy because I'm. Here's the thing: my sex life is like a camel's journey. <laughs> It'll happen, and then I'll fill up on water to get my hump all big, <laughs> and then I'll go out into the desert for like two more years before I get another sip. Speaking of which, let's do this. To the Blackout Diaries, the show where stand-up comics plus everyday people tell true drinking stories. I'm your host, Sean Bear Flannery. And I'm CJ Sullivan. Each week here on the Blackout Diaries, we have a different theme. And uh, when it comes to the perils and debauchery of drinking in this one, mm-hmm. this week is uh, ignoring peril, right? <laughs> yeah, we're, we're taking our template that we always use and we're turning it into a theme. Yeah. Ignoring peril right. because drunks are often in more danger than they realize. They're yes. more injured than they realize. Right. There's more chaos around them than they, they realize. And uh, we have a very funny story uh, by Chris Damon who's going to talk about that. Yeah, with Chris um, Damon who... Uh, yeah. Goes through something very serious, but it's but you never the drunks never consider it serious. No, you always have to be yeah. you always have to be alerted by other people around you to by drunks. Yes, that, like, and they're always like, you need to get to a hospital. Yeah, you need care. and, and you like you open with, are you talking to me? Right. <laughs> like, like you don't even know. Like yeah, wow. that's how Boy, bad you don't know you're injured. Seems to be worked up around here. What's going on? <laughs> you need to be alerted. <laughs> I so, yeah. well, you just got ran over by a uh, you know a van. Uh, so right. <laughs> Um, I always say that once someone points out to you that you are presently bleeding, you know it's it's time to wrap it up. Yeah, you know, wrap it's up. It's a good mm-hmm. rule of thumb for you to not be. We all have you cut yourself shaving. Sure. You know, maybe a, a paper cut. We have little cuts you don't notice. You know, right. but. Actually, no, I'm, I'm going to rephrase that. When you're sober, you're immediately aware of it. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> even a paper cut, yeah. even a shaving, a shaving cut. cut your, a nick, you know, you know whenever your body, whenever your body starts to rele- stop it, you know, like, oh, yes. God, let me get this going. Um, your body doesn't release blood sober anywhere. <laughs> the whole inventory without you knowing. Right. <laughs> you know, but yeah, when you're, yeah, I do. That's a great. That's a great meter there, CJ, yes, that absolutely. once somebody points out you're bleeding. Time to get that burrito, get some breakfast, whatever, whatever it is. Whatever whatever the part of the night is where you got you got to move yourself somewhere and get and wrap this up a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, it happened to me one time. I was uh, See, it's, it's different than like if you're bleeding like in a fight or something, you get hit, like you're you're you know, you're shot for 5 seconds and you say, "Oh my god, look at that." Or shot or whatever, whatever yeah. stab people's people, I've never been shot or stabbed, but people say that they, they, they You're like, piecing things together. Right. You're like, "Oh my god," then you kind of feel, but if the drunks, mm-hmm. it's just happening. So I was uh, I think I was at a party and I was like um I was making a drink, you know, there was ice in the sink and I was just you know, putting a glass in to scoop up the ice, and, you know, mm-hmm. and I'm sure and I'm sure it cut the glass broke, so I forcefully, you know, whatever, made a drink. And it literally, like, it sliced my, like, hand and, like, uh, mm-hmm. ri- like my open palm and wrist, like, completely upwards. So it was... It was ble- it was bleeding profusely. Like it was a it was a geyser, and like, it was just dripping down my arm. And I had no idea, you know. I just kept finish on, made a drink, you know. And I'm walking around the party, I think, with the drink, like showing it off, you know. And then eventually, <laughs> what do you do for a living, friend? Exactly. <laughs> so, are you uh, friends with the uh, host here, or do you um, do you know someone else? And then eventually, I was outside in the balcony, you know, smoking a cigarette. Smoking a cigarette with the hand that was bleeding, you know, just mm-hmm. throwing, not even noticed, just oblivious to it. And then uh, I remember there was, like, there was like a couple or someone next to me, and they were just like, hey, buddy, uh, are, are you okay? You know, I'm like, yeah, I'm fine. Why? And they're like, no, no, you are Never not. Never felt better. Yeah. <laughs> and they actually remember, no, you're not fine. You, you are. No, you're, not. You're, you're not fine. Take a look. I'm going to go ahead and veto you, right. uh, sir. <laughs> <laughs> and then they're like, take a look. And then when I did, I'm like, whoa. You know, I was like, I was like, you're right. I'm not fine. Like, uh, I'm, I'm going to need some kind of attention of some sorts, you know, with this. And 
if they didn't know any better, I always say that um, it, it just looked like I was enjoying a fresh murder. Like, I was smoking <laughs> a cigarette, <laughs> dripping blood, like, oh, you know, I'll never hear from that bitch again or something. You know, like, <laughs> like, I was just, like, basking in my uh, victory of it. <laughs> Why is everyone being so unfriendly right. to me at this party? <laughs> Very standoffish. Tim, I mean, I think I like your work as an all sure, but very, very rude. I'm sure I've told you this story. Um, this was actually at 710 Lounge, uh, mm-hmm. just speaking of drunks not knowing they're bleeding. And there was one year where it was St. Patrick's Day, and I was going to meet I, you and I met at 710 Lounge, yeah. but you were, I think, maybe still downtown or something. Uh-huh. You hadn't arrived yet. Okay. And I had all my work stuff with me. Uh, this is the, the actual 17th. And um, so I'm like, oh, you know what? I'm going to get some work done. And I'm in I'm in a booth at 710 Lounge, which was this former bowling alley bar that CJ and I drink at a lot. And uh, I just had my head down, and it was far enough away from the parade that there weren't a lot of customers there. And then you hear like that ding ding, customer walks in, and um, I haven't looked up yet. And he he does that voice that drunk people do when they're trying to sound sober, where they sound like <laughs> like a Shakespearean actor, right, you know? Yeah, they overdo it. Yeah, and he goes up to him, he's like, well, 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 uh, weary traveler here, uh, might I have a uh, draft of your finest Bud Lighter? You know, it's something completely over the top. <laughs> and I just hear the bartender go, he goes, I don't know, buddy. Because <laughs> do you even have an ID, a wallet? And I haven't looked up yet. Uh, he must have like given him an ID. I still haven't looked up yet. And the bartender goes, "You know what? I still got to say no." And he goes, "May I ask why?" And he goes, "Yeah, you're bleeding really bad." <laughs> and I look over. Yeah. It's his head is bleeding, but it's like gushing. Right. Like, like you can actually see the heartbeats coming. Like you can see that where every the few pulse. seconds, new blood pumps yeah, yeah, out of, of uh, on his head. And I'm like, "Holy shit!" <laughs> This dude just walked in. Yeah, open Edward. That is amazing. Identification, sir? Of course, sir. <laughs> well, you can't be just serving nameless scoundrels here. Uh, yeah. Uh, to be honest, buddy, I wasn't really concerned about your age. I just wanted to see if you could do a task and if your brain would compute. I, I thought it'd be an easy way to kick you out. I never thought you'd actually have your wallet right. on you at this point. <laughs> Thought I could avoid a confrontation. Right. You surprised me. My fault. That's amazing. Yeah. When you see the open bleed, when you see someone else open bleeding like that, it's, it's definitely a startling. Like, yeah, this has to be taken well, care of. And especially because you always think open bleeding like that, where I'm actually seeing the circulatory system at work. <laughs> right. Yeah. You. you That's going to be on a highway <laughs> after some bad. Like, you don't expect to see it in your apartment. Yeah. You never want to. Yeah, you never want to see the body working inside, inside the, the <laughs> work. That should be a mystery. Right. That should be a mystery to me. Uh, anyway, so with that in mind, let's get to our guest here. Chris Damon has got a hilarious story. Made, uh, made his debut at the live show okay. with oh, this really? uh, thing with and his debut itself? on the, on the podcast. Yeah, and this is a hell of a debut. I mean, this is a doozy of a story. <laughs> right. Talk about ignoring ignoring the bad sides of peril. So without further ado, for a night that got away from here is Chris Damon. Blackout Diaries, I have a lot of drinking stories. There was a time that I went down to New Orleans with friends, and after a four-day bender, I ended up shitting at a plantation gift shop sales floor. Yeah, it goes through you. You know what I'm talking about. It's not even alcohol. One time I did shrooms and ended up destroying my college, uh, not dorm, but apartment basement. Bathroom, so yeah, don't do shrooms. <laughs> Especially an eighth of them, and then watch train spotting. That is not a good idea. You think you're Roger Ebert, but how many of you enjoy going to 4 a.m. bars? Yeah, yeah. The rest of you are guys are just pussies. Okay. You guys don't like to party on a Wednesday night? Yeah. I'm going to tell you the time when I went to a 4 a.m. bar. Just down the road, a little old establishment called The Owl. Yeah! Yeah, they got everybody excited. So, I do stand-up comedy, and I love geography. That's, 
That's like my big shit I nerd out on. And this story takes place in 2019. And coincidentally, like exactly four years ago in 2019, this month. And I had a, a game show called Death Metal Geography Teacher. Yeah, it was basically Pee Wee's Playhouse meets uh, Carmen San Diego meets the worst day of a geography teacher's class, you know? <laughs> and when I did my show, and I had a great show, I was just riffing, getting like, people were like, oh, what's the capital of Alabama? I was like, yeah, Birmingham. And they're like, oh, yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> and the show, that went good. And then, well, inside, Wednesday nights, there's an open mic called Coles over at Coles. <laughs> yeah down to Milwaukee. So I was like, all right, I did awesome at DMGT. I'm going to go to Coles. I went to Coles and I did a midnight set. And by the way, I had been drinking throughout the whole night. So yeah, this is, this is Blackout Diaries. <laughs> and so I go to Coles and there's a lady there, uh, two ladies there, that I like, had somewhat crushes on. And I was feeling, you know, frisky. <laughs> so after my set at Kohl's, I asked them, like, hey, you guys want to go to the Owl? And they're like me, they're alcoholics. <laughs> and they said, that's a great idea. Let's go to a 4 a.m. bar on a work night. <laughs> and we all went. So we're at the 4 a.m. bar, Owl, and we're drinking, I drink, I'm usually, uh, I drink shot after shot of Jaeger, because I'm trying to be someone's dad. <laughs> and I'm drinking, and they're drinking, and one of the ladies leave, and here's the thing, I don't, if you couldn't tell, the guy that's almost seven foot tall, I don't get laid like you, yeah, <laughs> all right? So, and I don't have the confidence like Andre the Giant, you know what I'm saying? So one of the ladies leaves to go do her business in the bathroom, and I look at the other lady, and I'm gonna shoot my shot. And I said, I have a crush on you. <laughs> yeah, some of you went aw, some of you laughed, but you know what, that's good odds of getting a stink finger. But. So she said, oh, yeah, you do? I was like, yeah, I have a crush on you. Like, oh, that's nice. I like that. And then we started, you know, smooching. smooching. <laughs> yeah, doing, giving each other butchies. This is my grandma said in the Holocaust. But anyways, <laughs> that's a different story. That, that involves vodka. But no, I, I saw it, me and her start making out. And I don't remember what happened to the other lady, but she's gone. Just that's, that was the red herring of the story. She's just gone. So me and the other lady, we're smooching and we're like, she's like, I live around the corner. I'm like, that's pretty awesome. So we leave the owl. And I, I was giddy, and I did something stupid. It got, some of you guys know, you probably don't, but you probably said it. But I was making out with her, and then I was like, oh, I love you. And you don't say that. <laughs> Definitely when you're on, like, page two of a one-night stand. No, no. Yeah, you, but I, and she's like, what is wrong with you? I'm like, I don't know, I'm a death metal geography teacher. I'm doing this. And She's like, all right, let's go back to smooching at my place. All right, so we go back to her place, which is by the California Blue Line stop, not too far, so we were smooching along the way. <laughs> Get to her apartment on the second floor, and we're smooching heavier, because that's the, you know, you ramp up your smooch. <laughs> and you're gonna like this. <laughs> we get naked. Yeah. There's uh, not much to look at, but, you know, when hormones are kicking in, it's like, oh, it's not bad. <laughs> like, I just, he doesn't have the flabby shit on his arm, just right here. Okay. <laughs> I could fuck a gummy bear. <laughs> but 
So we're getting, we're making out, and you know, I'm like, I'm happy because I'm. Here's the thing: my sex life is like a camel's journey. It'll happen, and then I'll fill up on water to get my hump all big, and then I'll go out into the desert for like two more years before I get another sip. Speaking of which, let's do this. So we're, we're, we're doing the thing. We're doing the Lord's work. <laughs> Trying to make one plus one equals three. You know. And I can't get up. I've been drinking all night. Remember the story. I, yeah, you, oh, you, you've been there. Yeah, you feel my pain. I can't get up. And this sucks. But, gentlemen... I have a strategy. My brain is like, Chris, go down on her. <laughs> Give it up for my friend, Obi-Wan Kenobi. He's my mentor. Thank you, Mr. Miyagi. But... My brain is like, so I got whiskey dick, and I'm like, go down on her, because you're still going to get some, and then maybe you'll pass out, spend the night, and then tomorrow, you'll get some morning wood, and then maybe if she wants, we can have some morning wood sex. And morning wood sex is the best sex there is. It's the best one. It goes teak, then morning wood. Morning wood is what was built out of Noah's Ark. <laughs> so I go down on her, and she's enjoying it, and I'm doing my drunk spelling the ABCs or however. What do you do? Do you like try and play Madden plays, or what do you do? Right, doing old contra codes, up, up, down, down. Yeah. So I start going down, and I'm doing it. And then, next thing I know, I slow down, and I kind of stop. And she's like, why are you stopping? And I'm like, I thought, oh. She's like, what? She's like, what are you saying? Like, I think I'm having a stroke. <laughs> Who here has had a stroke before? <laughs> Try and raise your hand. <laughs> so, I'm between her legs. And I'm like, I can't move. I'm, I'm talking like this. And yeah, I know. Here goes my chance again. The streaks, the drought's still on. But, you know, two more years in the desert. So she's like, are you having a stroke? I'm like, yes, I'm having a stroke. I didn't say it like that, but you know what I'm saying. She's like, oh, my God, I'm going to call 911. I'm like, no, no, no. She's like, yes, you. I'm like, no. Because in my brain, you call 911, the ambulance is going to come here, that's going to be $800. And that's like, you know, 200 Uber rides. That's, that's too much. So she calls 911. There's some downtime. So I was like, I don't say it this fluently, but I was like, sit on my face. And she does. Because she likes a good deal when she hears it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, she's around my face. And we hear, like, paramedics. And like, oh, mom and dad are home. She gets off my face. And she goes to the door and opens it, and like, paramedics, and I'm like, she's like, you want paramedics? I'm like, no, 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 She's like, no, we don't want paramedics. And they're like, all right, we don't care, it's Thursday morning, fuck off. <laughs> so she, they leave, and then she closes the door, and then continues to sit on my face. <laughs> and then eventually, about 20 minutes later, we make enough noise, plus me just falling, because I can't walk anywhere, 
her roommate wakes up. She's like, he's got to leave. I'm like, I really can because I can't walk. So I ended up crashing on their couch in the front room while I passed out. During this time, I'd call, I'd text my friend at work and be like, having a stroke, can't come into work today. <laughs> and he got it. I didn't get fired. But I ended up, long story short, I ended up waking up in her house. It's, I mean, stroke, it's not going to go away. So I, she helps me put my pants on. I'm like two years old, and she's like, and then I end up walking, stumbling out, getting on the bus, and the bus driver thinks they got a homeless person because I'm all like, <laughs> that as soon as I, my Venmo or the card went through, Venture card, she just took off and I <laughs> fell down. Yeah, yeah. Well, long story short, I called my aunt, who's a nurse, and she's like, yeah, Chris, you sounds like you're having a stroke. Just go to the emergency room. So 12 hours after having a stroke, I went to the emergency room. <laughs> and I'll finish it off with this, because uh, we all got, you know, the gist of it. You know, the, you know I'm a feminist. <laughs> hey, thank you. But I, when I was there, anybody a, a nurse or a paramedic or a doctor or like feet? No? Well, thank you for your service. But so when I was there, they do this test of trying to gauge how much the stroke messed with your brain. And this nurse held up a picture of these two kids stealing cookies out of a cookie jar while a mother's washing dishes completely oblivious to her own kids. And the nurse asked me, what's happening in the picture? And I responded, white privilege. <laughs> All right, thank you. All right, we're back here in the Blackout Diaries. That was hilarious. Chris Damon. With a great story. <laughs> we might as well no. throw toss it out there. Let's do an open invite to the girl who Chris Oh, my God. If he still has contact yeah, with her. Do we have something beyond an open invite? <laughs> Almost like where we feel we've already met you. We already right. are, are potentially in love with you. Mm -hmm. I, I love, you know, because the theme of today's podcast is drunks underestimating peril. Yeah. And usually all the people around us, particularly women. Right. <laughs> are correctly <laughs> estimating it, yes. if not maybe overestimating it. This woman went the opposite direction. Nothing to worry about here. You've rarely seen from, from, <laughs> the, uh, from the girls in there. Ah, obviously, you can shake it off. Now get back to work. <laughs> just your brain. Let's just figure out. Right. <laughs> like, like it's a leg that fell asleep. <laughs> it might wake up tomorrow. Yeah. It's your brain. You, you know, never know. Knows? You know how they are. They're tricky like that. Tomorrow will be a whole different thing. You'll remember things. You won't, you know, and you'll forget things. My brain does stuff on a day-to-day -day basis. I hate. And I wake up the next day, and, it, it you know, it's it's a team player. Sometimes, so we'll see. Sometimes you wake up, and it's a bad brain day. It's all it's leading to the left. <laughs> but anyway, so... We're talking about today's theme, of course, of avoiding, of, of ignoring these signs of pain and peril like that mm -hmm. happens. And uh, and apparently, when you're when you're drunk, not only do you uh, um, not acknowledge the pain that you're in or the severity of the situation, but uh, you're telling me now that science, there's scientists say there's actually a, a proof that drunks are even better at handling themselves in uh, painful situations. Believe it or not, CJ, that ability to ignore okay. how injured you are is why drunks survive more injuries. Interesting. So everyone, we've kind of all heard that if like there's a, a drunk driving accident, mm -hmm. it's the drunk driver that always walks away and not like right. the family of five. Like, like tragic story. Yeah. Unharmed yeah. is the fucking idiot coming from yeah. uh, coming from the minor league baseball game nickel beer night. <laughs> Completely. And we were always like told, or I, I don't know if it was an urban legend, but we were right. always told, well, well, you know, it's drunks. They don't know the accident's about to happen. Mm -hmm. So uh, they're all tense, or excuse me, they're not tense. You know, unlike the sober people who all see this car coming at them at 70 miles an hour and tense up for the collision they know is inevitable. The drunk person doesn't even know it's happened. So they like, they're like Gumby or Mick Jagger right. and like, like kind of. That's a, that's a total falsehood. This study, 
<clears throat> and we're going to read a recap over here okay. from Live Science, says that drunks are actually just as injured in the incident themselves. Yeah. But the reason they survive is what actually kills you after a traumatic injury is your brain, or excuse me, your body goes into shock, your heart rate goes up, and you bleed to death. But drunks, even when they're catastrophically injured, don't know how bad it is, mm. so they don't panic. And that's why they study. So it's, a, it's not that they get it treated, but they don't they don't go in a freak mode, and so like right, so they, they don't make it worse. Exactly, right. exactly. I see. So it's more psychological, uh, which we don't have. Correct. Uh, this is uh, a quote from one of the doctors behind this study. This is from a Live Science yeah. article. Quote: You don't die from the injury itself. Okay. You die from the subsequent physiological response. Things like inflammation and rapid fluid loss. Mm -hmm. Friedman told Life's Little Mysteries, if you get shot by a gun, it's not the hole that kills you. Okay. <laughs> and when a... <laughs> that's, that's, that sounds like some kind of drunk that's statement right there, too. By yeah, the way, by this that, doctor. That does sound like a dude. I now kind of want to look up this guy's credentials here. I'm like, oh, I think the hole's a factor, buddy. Yeah, I know. <laughs> When I can see through my body, that's, that can't be a helpful thing, right? There, if I can put a pencil through my uh, rib cage. But he goes on to say that, uh, and it's when a person's body goes into this emergency preservation okay. mode, tripping a cascade of physiological panic buttons that ironically end in death, mm. that alcohol helps most by not triggering those. Interesting. So it's mm. funny. So, so it's kind of the catch-22, where uh, alcohol can get you out of all these like threatening situations, but it's probably the most likely the one to put you into it to begin with. Oh, 100%. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. I'm, re I'm reading the opening paragraph, and uh, it's, pretty f it's a pretty funny lead in this article where it says, uh, Drunks are prone to injury, be it from a, a barroom fight, a rooftop fall, or an oversight while juggling. <laughs> That's the author who clearly right. had a weird accident <laughs> while juggling. Yeah. Because that is not – I've seen rooftop falls. I've been part of that. Right. I've seen barroom fights. I've been part of that. But I have never seen a juggling accident that led to severe injury. It almost sounds like it's all the same incident, the way he says. Like he's <laughs> an oversight <laughs> while juggling on a rooftop that uh, led <laughs> that led to a fight. <laughs> Oh, you know what I'm just realizing? This is the all right, so it's Lee Friedman of UIC, the University of Illinois at Chicago. Right. This is the same study I quote in my book on this, but um, okay. yeah, this is they ended up looking at like ten years worth of ER data mm -hmm. uh, on on injuries, and they found that people admitted with similar injuries, the people, um, the um, patients that were drunk, had a higher chance of survival of the same injury. Yes. Now, it's funny he does mention rooftop injury right up front like that. That is very – I guess it is common. Now, you have a very uh, legendary story of falling off a roof, and you claim that mm -hmm. being drunk is what saved your life that night. Well, I was told that by the doctor, CJ. <laughs> so that's, that, that is not my claim. Yes. That's peer-reviewed science. Okay, that's two right. doctors that told me that at Akron General and now Hospital. You have, and now you have the University of Chicago backing you up. And now I have that. So I'm, I'm sitting on a lot of science here. Right. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, I, I, I'm going <clears> to <throat> give the short version to our listeners. Yeah. Um, they can see the whole story out on YouTube uh, from my appearance on this is not happening but uh long story short uh was that i'm impersonating uh somebody else mm -hmm. at a medical convention center saw huey lewis mm -hmm. ended up at an after hour party i'm as i'm bob doppel ah. fake id you know that's how i snuck into the party right. i have his credentials yeah. and uh i go up to the roof and I, it was one of those you, after hours. You brought hour the party up to the roof, or you wanted to bring the party well, up to the roof. Well, I, the party didn't I sure you. thought. I sure thought the, you know, I was going to lead the party up there, yeah. I, and I thought it was going to be like a Moses type. Yeah. Um, right. We we <laughs> have our prophet. Yeah. <laughs> Turns out to be a, more of a juggling mishap situation. Because <laughs> yeah. it was like thirty people here. Uh, this is also this is Sean Flannery at age uh, twenty one. Okay. You know, yeah. and these are these these are high income pharmacists. You know, so we party a little bit yeah. different. But I'm like, let's all go up to the roof. And um, they're like, I don't think it's that kind of roof. Um, <laughs> I don't think it's that kind of roof. It's great. You have to yeah. break a fire exit. Yeah, fire emergency exit to get up there. I can tr yeah. I can trigger that. Don't worry about that. Yeah. <laughs> So I, I run up there thinking I'm going to lead this whole cavalcade of people up there. No one else joins me. I'm up on the roof. 
<clears throat> but it's so gorgeous. Like it's in this rich area of Cleveland. I've never been into the views are amazing. I, I kind of lose myself in, you know, the vista of it all. Mm-hmm. And I walk clean off the roof, clean off. fall like right. 15 feet, break my back in three places, shatter my heel. Um, it's interesting because when I said I'm going up to the roof, I was later told this from my buddy Eric, who was the pharmacist, <laughs> who who got me kind of like got, got you stuck into in this Huey Lewis party. Yeah, they're like uh, all the other pharmacists are like, um, is he going to be okay? Yeah, and he goes, uh, Bob Doppel is the most mistake-proof pharmacist I know. And then they see me fall. <laughs> they just, like they right look through the there. window and you come flying down off yeah. the roof immediately afterwards <laughs> so long story short i end up at the er um about seven hours later i think i'm fine for a while it turns out i'm not fine i have a broken back shattered heel and the doctor <laughs> am, am i mistaken <clears throat> when you because your friend took you out of there drove you off you tried to drive if i recall um and did, did, my friend no i i i knew my friend was all right, so I'm going to say some things here on this podcast right. that I know are not politically correct anymore. But I knew my friend was an atrocious drunk driver. Yeah, and I knew I could handle driving better than him. So, you're so I'm th- like, you're, I'm going to. You're, dr- you're bouncing out. Me at 15 percent is still better. Exactly. <laughs> and, you know, it, right? Than a drunk you, know, you at 50 percent. So you're, you're bouncing out. Exactly. Down. I was like, you kind of want Barry Bonds with, with a bum ankle. Yes. You know, batting above the number seven hitter. Right. You, you know. <laughs> And then you crash right into a tree. Is that true? No. So I was, uh, I did not. My, and this was the main, one of the major problems with that, with that night is I was like, don't worry, I'll get us both home. And like this cat, like this convention of pharmacists is like, you can't drive. Eric, tell me he's not driving. He just walked off a roof. And Eric's like, you know, because these are his coworkers. Right. So he's like, oh, yeah, you think I'm going to let this guy drive? So Eric drove my car mm-hmm. into three cars and hit a tree. And so I, I, to this day, I believe the reason I didn't get home safe is because I didn't drive. Right. And reason, and maybe the reason why your injuries. Who knows? Your heel shattered back could be all <laughs> yeah. from. Uh, could uh, all be from the accident. Yeah, exactly. The car accident. Yeah, because he did. He basically totaled my car. And so, did you? You fled the car on foot then, on a, a shattered heel foot? Well, we had to. It was. He was. You know what? I, I don't tell the story on stage, but it, it was hilarious. So he. <laughs> I make him laugh really hard in the car ride, yeah. and he he loses control of the vehicle. He he actually goes up a curb, hits a tree in front of a library. So we left our car on the. <laughs> lawn of a library a public library that's amazing um and i just i remember him i remember getting out of the vehicle and i'm like buddy and he's like i can't believe it just didn't just keep driving i'm like you drove it over an 18 inch high curb (laughs) and hit a tree i mean it's a it's a 1987 chevy cavalier how do you expect it to survive any of that you know and you gotta act like you've been there before i'm telling jokes you gotta go i mean you gotta go you can't be veering off the (laughs) road exactly you know this is part of this is part of partying (laughs) um but i i go in so uh, now you're in a hospital did you walk to this hospital from a car accident no, I had my mom and dad pick me up, okay. and it was it, it was great. My dad was great. My dad was in full. How am I? What's my legal exposure nah, here? Right. Like like Irish dad, social worker with six kids. No worries, you dad. Know. They Bob. They build all the Bob Doppler. <laughs> <laughs> Opening words when they pick me up. Like I had a really hard time getting down. Like at this point, my body's getting sore. I had a really hard time getting down to like ground level. We were in an apartment in Cleveland, and uh, he goes, Sean, in the future. You ever fall off somebody's roof? Don't move, because then I can sue them. All right, just stay there until I show up, and yeah. we'll sue them. As soon as you leave, as soon as you leave the lot, you lose all liability. You know, it's yeah. like it's like, uh, it's like not getting paid in a venue. You have to stay at on the premises. Once you leave, they can do anything they want. And I told he's him right. where the car was, and he wanted to. He's like, "All right, she, Sheila, my mom." He's like, "We're not going to take him to the hospital. I'm going to call Paul." We're going to wake him up. We're going to deal with this car because I, I don't want to get a towing fee. Right. And she's like, Brian, I think he has a broken back. Like, we need to take him to the hospital. He goes. <laughs> so you slept on your bed. You slept on your bed that night at your house. I slept on my bed that night. But I woke up at like, so this is like five in the morning on a on a Saturday. Oh. No, and So I never actually went home. This is like five in the morning on a Saturday. I broke my back probably like eight hours earlier. Right, right. I thought I could sleep it off. But when I woke up, I'm like, something's wrong. Yeah. Something, something is wrong. You know what, you guys? You might have been right <laughs> about last night. Like, <laughs> like, 
now that uh, I had my coffee this morning, uh, you kind of. Yeah. <laughs> you guys yeah, but, you know. Right. Yeah, and um, so, like, we talked my dad into driving me to the hospital. And the whole way there, he's like, Paul, better pick up. But actually, you know what? I'll get the voicemail. I think I still have this voicemail. Well, yes. My dad left. So my brother Paul was living at a fraternity at John Carroll. And, you know, so this is like 1998, Mm -hmm. I think. You know, so like they had one answering machine for the entire um, uh, fraternity. Right. And my dad leaves one. For the or whatever, yeah. For For the house. No, this is a fraternity for the house. Yeah, so it's like 30 dudes. Yeah, he's at a fraternity house. So it's an answering machine. It's an answering machine. That's amazing. He said. He said it, it, this voicemail was legendary yeah. at his fraternity. My dad. My dad, who talks exactly like me, okay. but he's just not a jackass. But we all talk exactly the same. He just. It goes like, like, hi, you've reached uh, Phi Sigma Chi. Uh, no one could get your. Mm-hmm. Uh, nobody can answer the phone right now. But if you leave a message, the appropriate party will get back to you. And it goes, Paul, it's your dad. <laughs> Your goddamn brother, Sean, has wrecked the car in front of a library on Lakewood. We need to get there now or they will own everything when they're done with us. I am on my way. Click. They will own everything. That's an Irish dad right there. Yeah. As you said, they're going to take it. We don't even know who they is. Yeah, but they're going to take it. They're going to take it all. They're going to take everything I own. They're going to take the goddamn yeah. house. They're going to take the cars. They're going to take everything. They're going to take your mother. Paul wakes up. Like, his fraternity mates are just crying, laughing, yeah. just playing this right. over and over again. <laughs> That's the um, first, first viral videos back then. That's pre-viral videos. So you just have to play I, answer I think machines. he still has that voice that now. Like a I can get it. back yeah. in the day. You play an answer machine sound bite, you would stitch it. I'm going to try and get it, uh, and we'll play it again on a future podcast. I think I can get this voicemail. If you get um, it, yeah. If you get it, we'll play it in the future. We'll even talk, talk, toss it at the end here if we get it in time. Yeah. You know what? I think I can get it. Um, so anyhow. It's exciting. Now, I'm excited I'm not, for this episode. Now, I might listen Here's some it. more details that I don't always tell on stage. So there's a, here's an update. I was told there was uh, going to be an update on this roof story, and this is what we got here. Well, All right. Let me real quickly just finish. The, the so the doctor. Yeah, the doctor. And then I'm going to give you the update. Um the doctors uh, are like, yeah, you you broke your back. Oh, yeah. you know, like you have a compression right, yeah. fracture. Right. You know, you, uh, you have a. But they told me they're like, because you were so drunk, and when you walked off the roof, mm-hmm. uh, you just kept walking in the air. Like I basically fell like Wiley Coyote. They're like, uh, that actually saved your life because you didn't change your center of gravity, and being drunk saved your life. And I'm like, well, that's you know, that's that's positive. That to hear. adds and up. Then the, yeah. The, confirming our, our study here, but then, as you mentioned earlier, the nurse goes, uh, "Doctor, isn't it possible that he wouldn't have been on the on the roof if he were sober?" Well, that's neither here nor there, nurse. Here, let's just talk. Yeah, we like to look we're talking about science here, right. ma'am. I mean, not sociology. Right. You're getting into sociology, which is at best an art, not a science. So he said, "You walk, you walked off the roof, and you, uh, as you like to say, it's just a, one of those stories where you just you just ran out of roof, and then ran you, out of roof, and then you kept walking, kept uh, walking, fell straight down, landed like a drill, did it, landed like a drill, putting a pier in or it, something like that, you know." <laughs> You kept walking in air like the cartoons. Did you say the doctor yeah. said Daffy Duck style? Yeah, the, da- the the doctor did say I injured myself Daffy Duck style. <laughs> um, and that saved your life. That's amazing. It saved my life. And this is uh, um, a funny what, – what, uh, two other updates that I, I okay. don't know if – maybe this part I've told you before, but uh, it was like all the drunk people were coming in for their injuries at this point in time. Yeah. And it, like, it was just chaos. It, it was absolute chaos. And we would be like waiting for an update, and then just like I remember at one point, like a state highway trooper, like it, it, it was almost <laughs> like um, what was that old comedy show where they would like pull drapes aside and put their head out? Laughing. Like was that the Gong Show? Laughing. Yeah, yeah. It was almost like laughing. This guy pulls away his curtains. A state highway trooper head comes <laughs> in. He goes, "Uh, you guys seen anyone in an orange jump prison suit come into this room?" And we're like, "What?" And then he just shuts. Oh, and he goes, "Forget man. I ask." <laughs> So here come the judge. Yeah. <laughs> just like crazy socket to me. What was that? The yeah, it was, it was just such a weird experience. Um, no, no, no big deal. No big deal. But if you see yeah. if you see anyone yeah. impersonating a doctor, he might be impersonating a doctor now. Check underneath. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> 
Um, That's this is the update I, I wanted to tell you uh, that I don't think I've told you before. Um, okay. So I was Bob Doppel there, and that is not the real person I was impersonating. Uh, the real person, the real name I was impersonating is actually Ed Mittens. Okay. But when I told the story on Comedy Central, they're like, "Is this was this the real identity you stole?" Yeah. And I'm like, "Yes, it of was." It and was. like, "You can't do you can't say that on TV." I'm like, "Okay, cool." I worked with a dude at my day job where every once in a while I would just see his name on meeting invites, even though we hadn't met. And I was like, that's the greatest fake ID name I've ever heard in my life. Bob and his name was Bob Doppel. Bob Doppel. So I, <laughs> I send him an email. Uh, this is when I did that Comedy Central show. This is probably like 10 years ago or yeah. something like that. And I, I sent him, I'm like, hey, we don't know each other. Uh, yeah, I work in IT. I love your name. Mm-hmm. And I'm about to be on Comedy Central. I can't use the real name from the story. Would you mind if I used yours? And I was like, I'm, I'm going to tell a story where, like, I'm a jackass. I fall off a roof. Like, you're like I've, I've stolen your identity. He's like, I love it. Go ahead. <laughs> I need this email too. We got to get all this uh, stuff on the page. I'm sure I could find now that I, I yeah. that I can I, I know I can find that because we have 15 years worth of history, right. and uh, um, that's actually one of the things I'm in charge of. But um, we get restructured last year, CJ. Guess who I report to on paper now? Huey Lewis. Bob Doppel. Bob Doppel is your... Bob Doppel is now my boss. Is your superior. Correct. Ten years later. That is full circle. You knew you knew, you knew, knew that name was going somewhere. You knew he was going I, I, That was a name I wanted to hitch my wagon to. Bob <laughs> right. Doppel. It's a great Listen, American Bob, business name. I don't name. know a damn thing about you except for your name, but I'm a business. <laughs> I'll quit my job right now. <laughs> you tell me what I do yeah. for a living, you know? <laughs> I'll quit right now. You just give me the word, and I will join your team, whatever it is. <laughs> I mean that is a, that's a powerful business name, Bob Doppel. Bob and, Doppel. And yeah. What we forget is great fake ID names. If you want a legit good fake ID, I'm not talking about like McLovin right, or, right. or or a gag. If you want a legit good fake strong, ID name, it's, like, it's a strong business like name. Like comedy, yeah, like comedy, you need hard consonants, whatever. They're always yep. funnier, you know. But like with mm-hmm. fake names, you need a, it's, it needs to be tight. It needs to be thin. Mm-hmm. It was like my fake ID story where I say uh, where I we put the line. One one line too uh, small small so we only had like ten letters we had to work with so so all our names were had to be tight like like I was Charles yeah. Riley or my buddy was Anthony Sachi that's great. Anthony Sachi yeah it was all like just tight little like names yeah with and that's hard great vowels. yeah absolutely that's how business people introduce them you, you know mm-hmm. they're, they're like Anthony Sachi plastics Pla- Akron Ohio <laughs> right Akron Ohio <laughs> our buddy Sean yeah. Cole used to do hey you had a phase where you do that we we yeah. we do first name last name and then the city you're from and you go Wayne Dillon yeah. Baltimore. And it's like, <laughs> that's how he introduced himself. I love it. I yeah. love it. <laughs> just so you just come up with everything. Tom, Mur- Tom Murphy, Harrisburg. You know, like. <laughs> Because that's what business people do. Like, yeah. they, they, like, like, I don't know what region you work, fellow businessman. Yeah, this right. is the region I work. Absolutely. You know, so you're maybe coming, we can collaborate. It's the you know? offices you're coming from. Yeah. And right, it wasn't. And also, speaking to bring it back around to that rooftop story, you you guys were from the uh, North Jersey office. Or did you make up the office too? Like, remember that? No. Guy that- so the the office was from New North Jersey. Okay. Uh, so this convention was in Cleveland, Ohio, but right. I was impersonating a pharmacist from Northern New Jersey. Yes. yes. And not to do your act for you, but that's a great closing line. When you fill out the roof and then you get in a car and you drive off, you're like, man, that that happened, Zach. New Jersey office parties, buddy. I'll tell you <laughs> <Dude>. what. <laughs> I mean, you would think that, though, if you, like, sure. that guy just walked off a fucking building. <laughs> and I'm pretty sure he and his friends stole a car. Because you know, we told them we had a rental when we were in the party, but then they saw our car. My car was a 1987, I don't tell this on stage, my car was a 1987 Chevy Cavalier that had no working doors, and we spray-painted Chief Wahoo all over all over it. That guy so that from was the car Jersey, we got into. Chief Wahoo spray-painted on his yeah. car. So... They either, they either, I mean, they either had to be like, okay, well, those guys are all liars, right? And they're actually from the city, but they know Eric, so they know part of that isn't true. Mm-hmm. Uh, or they stole a car, and I, I would like to think they thought we stole a car. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> oh man, well that's ama- that's an amazing. I'm glad we got the updates on that. And then you had to use a stage name for your stage name, for your fake name. I do, yeah, two stage names. That, yeah, that, like that's a, a rare story too. We were like, you can use my name. That's fine. I'm just using the stage name for somebody else's identity that I took because he doesn't want to be any parts of this <laughs> of what I drag. You can drag me through it all. I don't care. 
<laughs> yeah. Expose my Whatever. Yeah. Oh, man. All right. Well, before we go, let's do this Tiger story real quick. Then let's get out of here, right? Or yeah. Is, do we have time? Do we or not have time? Been, what are we over? I don't. I'm sure. Maybe I don't know if we. Let's right, wrap it up then. We can, uh, we can, yeah, let's wrap it up. Can, let's save this because we can fit this into yeah, anything. Absolutely. You know? And we might have. And who knows? I'm ca- and we're going to have a voicemail. I'm, I'm going to call right. my brother Paul. I know he's on vacation in Florida now, but mm-hmm. I know he can get this for us. I'm excited. We might have a voicemail coming in. Either way, yeah. we'll be fine. So we're gonna end, We are going to end this episode on the voicemail. This episode may not come in for another year. <laughs> All right. But we are. Yes, I like <laughs> yeah, that. Yeah. Uh, bear in mind, the audience is hearing it now. It's you yeah, and I that may have to done. deal you with the, the, the deadline. But yeah, uh, we are going to have it. Uh, at the end of this episode, you're going to hear my father I like talking to a fraternity. I like that attitude. All right. <laughs> what else you got going on? I know you're driving to Ohio, speaking of your family. But driving no. to Ohio. I'm going to have some funny drinking stories next week. I uh, got places I can't uh, return to. The book, uh, the audio book. Uh, check it all out. Um, yeah, where in Ohio are you going? It. Where in Ohio are you going? You oh, said? dude, I'm going to Putin Bay, so I'm gonna have some good drinking stories. Maybe I'll get uh, Molly Kearney. Molly Kearney, our uh, former Blackout Diaries producer, yeah. is now on SNL. Now on uh, SNL, killing it. They are an amazing, amazing uh, talent, mm-hmm. and um, they tell a great story about Putin Bay, which I will be at uh, this week. So oh. may- maybe we can even get during the writer's strike. Maybe we can get Molly um, to I, be a guest here. I think here. that's very doable. Yeah, so I'm I'm gonna uh, you know what I'm gonna send Molly. What do you think's gonna, ha- what do you uh, gonna happen first? Our Molly Kearney episode with the Putnam Bay, or are you finding that dad voicemail? I, you, my, this is the thing about my brother and my dad. They're both hilarious and they both have OCD. Okay. So I think it's gonna happen faster than you think. Right. You I know, because like, the, these guys, too. if I call either one of them, my brother's on vacation in Florida. Yeah. I'm almost hesitant to call him because I know it will ruin his family's vacation because this is just all he will work on. Yeah. <laughs> like where he'll be like, okay, I'm going to have my, you know what? I realize I left it in my office in uh, Twinsburg. Right. Don't worry. I'm going to have my buddy. I'm going to have somebody else give him keys. I'm, I'm talking to three people right now. Like that's the kind of person oh, my brother is, man. you know? Amazing. That's great. Uh, for me, I just have the, the bottom line bonds, my other show. Um, find that wherever pods are told and whatnot. Uh, I had a good episode actually yesterday. I interviewed our buddy Ryan Ridley's brother, Adam Ridley, who uh, he does he does he works on documentaries. Before he worked on Last Chance You and Netflix, but now he just worked on I don't know if you saw it. It just came out last week. The Thirty for Thirty on American Gladiators. And oh, did he do that? Yeah, he was like, was he, he inspired yeah, by our VLR talk? Because we loved that on Visitors Locker Room. Yes. I'd, I'd like to think he was inspired by. Oh, us, absolutely. He's a VLR fan from day one. He loves it. You know. Oh, he was a huge supporter of our old podcast. Yeah, I did. A, I did an interview with him before about the Last Chance You, like an hour. Like he all these stories, mm-hmm. you know. And then, then like, and then like afterwards, he's like, "Yeah, Netflix just called me. He says we can't use any of that. You know. <laughs> so we had to scrap, <laughs> it. Just basically scrap it. But this please one, don't ruin my life right. and post that. You know. <laughs> exactly. This one that. The American Gladiators one he just did, 30 for 30, was actually produced by Vice News. And he's like, they're who nice. gives a shit. They're bankrupt. And they just went bankrupt, right, too. Bankrupt. Yeah, exactly. It doesn't matter. Yeah. So it was pretty great. And, and if you don't, if you haven't seen it, I'll, I'll go ahead and plug the 30 for 30. Go ahead and plug the American, first of all, American Gladiators shit. I, I, I won't even, it's not even spoiling anything. You kind of know what's going to happen on it, you know? They were, mm-hmm. they were treated badly. <laughs> they didn't get paid. A lot of injuries. <laughs> a lot of them are, and they're not doing well. They were not the greatest business acumen by, you know, Nitro and that Turbo. That would be a great title. American <laughs> Gladiators, not doing yeah. well. <laughs> not doing well at all. But uh, it, it, it goes deeper and deeper because it turns out the uh, founder, quote unquote, is a real old school scumbag, old Elvis impersonator. Oh, dude, he made Vince McMahon. Man, oh, look like a benevolent leader. Absolutely terrible, and he just totally stole it from this other guy's partner who was like an artist. Oh. I mean, yeah. It, obviously, it's easy to it's easy to swindle these meatheads. <laughs> you know, you figure that out. Like, yeah. they're not gonna they're well, not gonna look at the contracts too tightly. And it was huge, but it was it was it was so hard. It's not like today where you could maybe become big in a show and then you can monetize that right. in like a thousand other distribution channels. Like back then. If you were like, you know, Razor mm-hmm. on American Gladiators, there was no way to like parlay that into anything yeah, else. Yeah, exactly. You can do tour. What, what are you going to go to a mall or mm-hmm. something, you know, to get kids? Yeah. It's funny. It's funny. After the show got canceled, they went to Orlando and did like this dinner theater, <laughs> like, like these jousting nights. And they, <laughs> and they were like throwing like an alien ship in there. Like, what are you doing? Just keep it with the Gladiators. Almost, yeah. I mean, it's, yeah, like, uh, 
what's that medieval theme right, restaurant? Medieval Times. Who are is always at yeah, Medieval yeah, Times like medieval. who are currently striking out here in California, by the way, and it's a hilarious picket line. <laughs> oh, that's great. <laughs> I would imagine. They're in full yeah. garb picket picketing though, with like all medieval style like Their signs and... should all be attached to those giant uh turkey bones <laughs> that you eat there. <laughs> Ye who cross here is a scab. It's like all kinds <laughs> of shit like that. It's pretty amazing. <laughs> All right, well, check out Bottom uh, Bottom Line Bombs. Yep. Um, I, you know, I always hate that we end on this sports stuff because I always want to talk longer. There, there's just one other thing, and then listeners, and give us five-star reviews. This is just going to be the last thing reviews, I'm saying. subscribe, all that, and share with 50,000 friends. Share with your friends, uh, and then you're going to hear, a, I think you're going to hear a voice. You are going to hear a voice. You are. You're hearing a voicemail. That promise was made. Uh, um, but I was thinking about this when we talked about uh, drunk injuries. I don't know. I've been trying, for one reason or another, I tried to win a bet about this. Uh-huh. But I know you'll remember it, and I couldn't find it on Google. But I know you'll remember it, and this kind of predates Google. Do you remember when Brett Favre played for the Jets, mm-hmm. and he got a concussion, and it was just when the concussion dialogue was starting? So this was like probably like two thousand and five, right. maybe. And they put him back in the game, and their doctor, and I know their doctor said this, even though I can't find it on Google. He goes, this thing you got to realize about, and I was thinking about this when you said about uh, drunks and how they recover from injuries. This thing you got to realize about veteran quarterbacks, (laughs) they can unscramble their brain. (laughs) Do you remember that? I have a very distinct memory of the the Jets doctor saying that. And then I think they fired him the next day. That's hilarious. I do remember towards the end there that he was like going in there concussed and like there was like snowing and like some of his balls like just being up like they were throwing up there like and like I think like that's when they'd been like okay he's he's obviously not right. Like he's just throwing up just general fucking like sidearm loop balls going out there. But that's that's incredible. They can unscramble their brains. Listen, when you're dealing with that things are moving around so swiftly anyway, it doesn't matter. It'll it'll just get back into place randomly. Yeah. It's like a playbook. His brain up there is a playbook and he's moving uh, receivers and defenders around and neuron to neuron. All right. Well, thank you again, listeners, and enjoy this voicemail. There you go. Aved message. Uh, Hey, Paul, it's your dad. Uh, I don't know what your plans were today, buddy, but uh, whatever they were, forget about them. Uh, your goddamn brother, Sean, wrecked the car up on Detroit Avenue, and, and we got to go get it, buddy, uh, before the cops do, or, or we're going to get sued. I'm telling you, we're going to get sued, okay? Uh, so call me back right away. Bye. To replay this message, press 1.